Previously on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Were they prepared to play? Are you close enough that you think somehow you can get over the top? Come on, y'all. Stop suspending reality here. They love hard. They hurt bad. And you know there was some TVs shattered. Windows busted out of some houses. Fist fights. Not so fast, Grasshopper. The Super Bowl champion is coming out of that matchup this upcoming weekend. If you have a Maserati, you don't go put some Nissan engine in it. You go keep the best stuff. Maybe this ain't the one. Maybe he's not the guy. He thought he was in a street football game, and that's what you might do in a street football game. Whether he is or not, they paid him, so yeah, he is. That don't really count, man. You need to keep your damn hands to yourself, man. Don't you hit no grown people. We believe in change, and we're prepared for it with new techniques and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. Let it go out there today, baby. Three, two, and once again, our mighty ship is back on course. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Oh, mama, there goes that man. You Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. So glad that you have joined us again. And if this is your first time, welcome aboard. And we encourage you to make us a part of your podcast menu. Please uh, like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff to uh, be a part of this and make a commitment. Not a real essentially a commitment to a podcast nonetheless great show coming up for you this time out we have from the special teams unit our guy reggie brown we will get into the nfl playoffs a lot of developments in and around the nfl we'll get into some of those things in addition to that i have some headlines for you and i have a lamont award additionally we will hear from our resident dj dj anarchy and you just don't know what else you'll hear but regardless it is going to be a whole lot of fun want to remind you of a couple of things before we get started want to remind you that you can be interactive with the program by calling the sports line 24 hours a day 832-941-6614 that's 832-941-6614 you can leave a comment a question i want your predictions if you have some predictions if you have a coaching suggestion for the dallas cowboys or the new orleans saints whatever is on your mind you can call us and leave a message 24 hours a day and you might just end up on the very next podcast in addition to be interactive join the facebook group the sports talk with devin wade group on facebook and uh, you can like the fan page and all of that good stuff there's a lot of interactive stuff as far as people posting things from different teams and different uh, sports it's a whole lot of fun we want you to be a part of that and finally on twitter you can tweet me at wade's word website still down have not given up on fixing that but i will give you an update when the website is up so with that let's get started with some headlines in headlines well the nfl is the gift that just keeps giving to the fans we are coming off of a truly incredible divisional round of the NFL playoffs. I mean, legendary games, games that we'll be talking about for years. And people are saying, and I'm saying, I think this is the best divisional round, the best four-game stretch in the playoffs ever. On two consecutive days, four games, never been better. It's just never been better. Every play came down to the last play of the game, whether it was a field goal in the case of San Francisco upsetting the number one seed in the NFC, the Green Bay Packers, or the Cincinnati Bengals. 
kicking a field goal to send the number one seed Tennessee Titans home. That happened. But then on top of all of that, Patrick Mahomes happened. The Kansas City Chiefs happened. Tyreek Hill happened. Travis Kelsey happened. Josh Allen happened. Gabe Davis happened. So it's been an incredible, incredible time in the NFL. The league hadn't slowed down since. Because since then, Sean Payton, the now former head coach of the New Orleans Saints, he's stepping away, and speculation is he's going to Dallas. He's going to be the next Dallas Cowboys head coach. I'll get into that a little bit later on. Also, Big Ben Roethlisberger for the Pittsburgh Steelers, he officially hangs it up. He's retired, and now there are rumors of Aaron Rodgers doing something, maybe retiring, maybe trying to force a trade. In addition to that, Tom Brady may not be back. So a lot going on that will have ramifications for the entire offseason. It's just a lot. High end coaches are being hired. GMs are being hired. There are a couple of notable names. I won't dig into every team, but there are a couple of notable names that are still out there that have not officially been hired. Uh, Jim Caldwell did lose out on the job in Chicago, but also Byron Lethwich is a guy who may be the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. At first, I thought it was a done deal. Then maybe it's not. So we don't know what's happening there. But a lot of movement, and we'll get into some of the reasons why that movement took place. But let me get back to the divisional round of the playoffs. And let me say this, and and I'm thinking about it as I say it. Who is the most exciting quarterback ever? It's not Tom Brady, so that's not it. I think it's Pat Mahomes. I really do. I mean, Michael Vick is just amazing. Lamar Jackson is amazing. But no one better and more exciting than Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes got the ball with 13 seconds left and went 50 yards. In that game, there were 24 points scored in the last minute and 54 seconds. I mean, this what he did was amazing. A lot of people are complaining about the overtime rule, which I've been complaining about for years and years, even if you don't want the rule to apply to the regular season, you have to give both teams the football. Regardless if once the first team gets a touchdown or not, both teams have to have an opportunity to have the football. And then after that, sudden death. And people are like, well, you know, they're up in arms about it. But what were you up in arms when the New England Patriots did the same thing to Pat Mahomes a few years ago in the AFC Championship? When they got the ball, Pat Mahomes did everything he could do. Took his team. The last time he had the ball, he scored. His team scored. Only to lose the coin toss in overtime. Never touched the football. And Brady and Nim are on their way to the Super Bowl. I don't remember the big uproar then. I was was up in arms. Again, yes, it needs to change. And I don't know that the NFL will. But maybe for the playoffs, both teams have to have the football. It's just not fair. If you're a Buffalo Bills fan, which, again, a lot of people are so sympathetic to the plight of the Bills fan. Well, I am from Houston, Texas, and I could give a damn what the Buffalo Bills fans are going through. 35-3, remember that? So sympathy from me, you do not get Buffalo Bills fans. Just take it along with the four Super Bowl losses. I could care less. Your guy, Josh Allen, got it done. Your defense didn't. Your coach didn't. Because of the – and, again, I'm not getting into whether he should have squib kicked it or kicked it deep. I think no matter what you do in that situation, unless it's a return to the 10-yard line, nobody's supposed to score in 13 seconds. Now, conversely, the Dallas Cowboys couldn't get a playoff in 13 seconds, 14 seconds. 
So, so there's that. And, and I got into these debates before me. I'm an NFL player. You know him. My guy, my best friend, Haywood Jeffries. And essentially, he was saying, hey, man, coaches, it's about the talent. It's not about the coaches. Yes, it's about the coaches. It's a lot about the coaches. It's about what Andy Reid does that Mike McCarthy didn't do. I mean, obviously, things may have been different in Dallas if you have Pat Mahomes, sure. But all things being relatively equal, you have to have guys that are good coaches, good time management is an issue, situational management is an issue. The Cowboys did some bizarre things on top of the penalties to indicate that, okay, this team is not well coached in pressure situations. How much blame you want to give the coaches up to you, but it makes a difference. Now, I will say this. We were on the phone I went through all of these games, and especially the games on Sunday. I thought the Rams had run away and hid from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And Haywood kept saying, man, he's coming back. They're coming back, man. This game is not over. When Cam Akers fumbled that football before the half that would have extended that lead and squandered that scoring opportunity, that was the first kind of, uh, uh. and then he fumbled again, leading to the possession that tied the football game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Boy, but Matt Stafford, he got a bunch of y'all off of his ass. He said, look, you're going to get up off of me because a lot of people have been really critical. I've been critical of some of the stuff that's happened with him, and he got it done. Cooper Cup got it done, and the Rams, they beat him. And I, I wasn't shocked by that. I did officially pick Tampa, but I wasn't shocked by that result. I, I am shocked by the performance of Matt Stafford. No turnovers. He managed the ball well. I don't know who got credit for the high snap. It had to be the center or a team fumble. That wasn't on Matt Stafford. But he did what he had to do, and now they're in the NFC Championship game versus a guy who did not get it done, Aaron Rodgers. So what does that mean for his legacy? I mean, I think we all need to re-examine how we feel about his legacy after what we saw and him not being able to get it done at home again. So that team is up against salary cap issues, and we're starting to see a lot of guys contemplate retirement and think about their families when their football situations aren't right. When you talk about Tom Brady wanting to retire, and he want, you know, and he has not said officially that he will, but he's contemplating it. And he talked about spending time with his family. It's a family decision. And, and I don't doubt that. But you've been married for a long time. you had kids for a long time. You didn't have Antonio Brown sort of bug out on you before. You didn't have Chris Godwin, who may be, uh, I mean, he's a free agent. He may be leaving. You didn't have a, a, a over-the-hill Rob Gronkowski that is probably going to step away. You have salary cap issues. Some of those guys on that Tampa Bay defense won't be there. So rather than say, hey, I'm not sure how the team's going to be, you can say, oh, my family. want to spend time with my family and, and do it that way. Sean Payton, same way. Drew Brees retires. You have a year with Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill drove that man into retirement. Not total retirement, but drove him away from the game. <laughs> him and the injury to Jameis Winston with them having some issues with, with the salary cap and ha not having a real solid answer at the quarterback position. Why not step away from the game? Now, again, a lot of people think that Jerry Jones is working behind the scenes 
weaving his web and uh, making way to have Sean Payton as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. I, I thought that might happen. I still think it might happen, and I even tweeted, to, hey, Mike McCarthy, you have one year, one year, and you better go to the Super Bowl. Other than that, hey, you out. So a lot of people, Aaron Rodgers is another one, contemplating, oh, I don't know, you know, what's going to happen, and I'll make my decision relatively soon. Well, Devontae Adams is a free agent. You got salary cap issues. Now all of a sudden, your future's, oh, you know, I'm, I'm contemplating everything. A lot of people think he got what he deserved. It was karma. I don't get into the karma thing, but I did tweet that uh, a picture of him on the ground, wide-eyed after getting hit really, really hard with the caption that said, looks like somebody needed a booster shot because, of course, he's a a famous, infamous anti-vaxxer, and he lied, and he should have got suspended, and instead, nothing really happened to him. He got a fine of some sort. But other than that, a lot of public criticism. But he skated on that. So we'll have to see what those people will do. But there are going to be a lot of changes. I mean, we talked about this a few weeks ago, about all the quarterback changes that are pending. I didn't think that Tampa would be on that list. I mean, Green Bay, we didn't know what was going to happen in Green Bay. But I didn't think uh, Tom was going to shut it down. But you get hit in the mouth a couple times, you start to contemplate your future. You start to want to go fishing and spend time with your kids. But nonetheless, somebody got him and he got got that whole day. Speaking of which, I mean, you talk a little bit about that offensive line for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, look, one of the unsung stories about all of these playoffs is the performance of the Rams defensive front. Those dudes got it done. But going back to Pat Mahomes, I've never seen a more exciting throwing quarterback. You can talk about Deshaun and and Lamar and Vic and and what they do. Even Vince Young, phenomenal stuff that they did. But as far as, I mean, he has a capability and he can run. He's not exactly an athlete in that way, except he is. When he needs the yards, he gets them. He does this thing, and I was talking to Haywood about this. He does this thing where he's able to be slower than everyone else in in a time where you got 50 million things and people and hands and and linebackers and defensive ends flying towards you. And he slows down in the middle of all of that and makes it happen. He plays with such patience. You wouldn't believe. And, And a lot of that is because he has the arm to compensate. So he can, you know, arm angles, all of that. 13 seconds. Before that, I was like, with a minute and three, Buffalo goes down and gets a touchdown. Gabriel Davis, what, 200-plus yards receiving, four touchdowns. Unbelievable. I've never, ever seen anything like that. I just couldn't believe it. I had to sit back and reflect on what I just saw. Just couldn't believe that ending of that game. And I'm rooting for Kansas City. I really am. They get a chance to have a rematch with the Cincinnati Bengals who beat them in Cincinnati earlier this season, really kind of late in the season. It wasn't that long ago that they played, it seems like. 
and Jamar Chase did the fool versus them, and he did the fool again this week. And so we'll have to see uh, what will happen Sunday or this past week. We'll have to see what happens Sunday. So a lot going on in the NFL. Give me your predictions. Who is going to go to the Super Bowl? Who would you like to see go to the Super Bowl? 832-941-6614. 832-941-6614. Going to take a time out and hear from our sponsors and hear from our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy on the mix. That and, of course, our conversation with Reggie Brown on the other side. This is a Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Anyway, you get your podcast. For more content, go to Wade'sWordProductions.com. Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and CoBank Homes. The vision at CoBank Homes is simple, and it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832-757-7950. That's 832-757-7950. CoBank Homes through Keller Williams. DJ Anarchy. DJ Anarchy on the mix. And did you like the little, the, the intro to the beat kicked in where you had the distortion, the muffled sound? Sort of reminds me of a, a group called 480 East. That subdued, like, oh, distorted. You take the treble out. Whatever he did, uh, he made it happen. And it's our, our guy, DJ Anarchy. Look him up on SoundCloud and on IG, on Instagram, and check him out in and around the city of Houston as he does his thing. It's a movement, so you definitely want to want to be a part of that if that's your thing. But if you have music and you would like it played on the shelf, you're a fledgling artist or a DJ or your cousin is in a singing group that needs a little bit of exposure, just email us, music at Wade's Word Production. Com. That's music at wadeswordproductions.com. The genre doesn't matter. We'll play a snippet at the halfway point and a, an entire track or an extended portion of a mix at the end of the episode. And that way, your friends and family can hear your music. Okay? 
do it. Musicandwaysworldproductions.com. Also, you can email me comments about the show. I mean, you have so many ways to reach out. But in addition to all that, you can always email me, Devin at WadesworthProductions.com. That's Devin, D-E-V-A-N. Of course, you know that. At WadesworthProductions.com. And drop me a line. We'll start reading some emails here from time to time. About to hear from our guy, Reggie Brown. But a couple of things I wanted to get into. So we talked about the, the most exciting quarterback ever. And, and I think sort of in the lane of passing quarterbacks. Because I don't know that there'll be a guy more exciting than Michael Vick and Lamar Jackson in that way. But Pat Mahomes is not that. But I think he's every bit and even more exciting. You just never know what you're going to see when you watch this guy. You you never know what angle. You never know what rabbit he will pull out of his hat. And look, I'm not even talking enough about Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill was just incredible. It, he was. I mean, it was just amazing. I actually DVR'd the last four minutes of that game. Unbelievable. Unbelievable stuff. We've never seen anything like that. Wonderful, wonderful stuff. There's one other quarterback that I will mention that I haven't mentioned, and I'm sure I'm missing some, but how about this? And anybody that's older may be able to tell you this or agree with, and I feel like I'm really forgetting somebody. You want to say Brett Favre, Dan Marino, Elway. Let me know what your thoughts are, but here's a guy, a blast from the past. I think the most underrated, great quarterback in the NFL, Fran Tarkenton. Remember, for many, many, many years, he had more rushing yards than any quarterback in NFL history. And then we, of course, had the other guys come through and, and do what they've done. But he was a – if you ever go back and watch – and I don't know, I've never tried to YouTube this, but go back and YouTube Fran Tarkington scrambling. Because not only did he have those yards, he also passed over 60,000 yards. And that was during a time where it wasn't like that. You weren't passing like that. You weren't getting 400-yard games. You weren't getting 40 pass attempts per game, stuff like that. It was a different era, and he still had 60,000 passing yards for a career. I think that's right. Look that up, double-check it for me. But that's a guy who was really, really exciting to watch, too. But again, different era. It's not quite the same. I'm just throwing it out because I get nostalgic. I think Pat Mahomes is the most exciting quarterback I've ever seen. You can make a case for Josh Allen after the other night, but, hey, to the victor go the spoils, even if it's not Josh Allen's fault. So um, the other thing I wanted to get into was the Hall of Fame. Roger Clemens... Barry Bonds, Sammy Sosa do not get in. David Ortiz does. He gets in. He's the only guy to get into the Baseball Hall of Fame. And let me say this about the Baseball Hall of Fame first. I think the, the Baseball Hall of Fame is the best Hall of Fame, and it's the most exclusive Hall of Fame. I think the NFL over the last couple of years are letting too many people in. There's some people in there. you know. Uh, and basketball, it's just like if you played in – you know, I, you, you are in the Hall of Fame. So I think the Basketball Hall of Fame just, it's the Basketball Hall of Fame. It's not the Pro Basketball Hall of Fame. So you have people that, they're in the Hall of Fame that you've never heard of. Now, again, there are people in all Hall of Fames that you haven't heard of, but you should have known or should, should know of. And basketball, I'm not sure about that. But should Clemens and Bonds specifically, should they be in the Hall of Fame? I'm almost doing a 180 with this situation. I think it's hard to ignore one of the greatest pitchers ever being slighted and not in the Hall of Fame. It's hard to ignore 
a guy that is the scariest offensive player we have ever seen since maybe 1927 in Babe Ruth. It's hard to imagine that these guys are not in the Hall of Fame. Add to that the all-time hits leader in Pete Rose, not in the Hall of Fame. Now, I have been a hardliner in the past about this. And I think it's still different between Pete Rose and Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens. And I'll tell you why. If you bet on baseball, if you do anything to assault the integrity of the game like that, that is almost a deal breaker for me. And, of course, for the longest I was on, hey, man, they cheated. It's known. Blah, blah, blah. Neither one of them should be in. Mark McGuire shouldn't be in. Sammy Sosa shouldn't be in. The only kind of caveat I allow, the only wiggle room in there for Barry Bonds and for Clemens, both of those guys had Hall of Fame careers before they even were involved with steroids. But I'm softening on that because I think the Hall has to do something to acknowledge these people because they were too good and too influential in the sport. Now, do you have a a dark hall in the Hall of Fame? <laughs> like, like this is the part. This is the wing of the Hall of Fame behind bars or whatever. Not not that they're criminals, but in the context of <laughs> of being in the hall, you have to have a, a sort of a the, the black sheep hall where you have all of the people who, and then you can put in some of the guys that are already in the Hall of Fame, like the Ty Cobbs and some of the racists and. And some of the other people who did a lot of low-down stuff, maybe put them in that wing of the hall. But I think you have to put Pete Rose, you have to acknowledge him somewhere in there for what he did for the game. And then if you want to make mention, if you want to show a documentary alongside his, his bust, you can. Same thing with Barry Bonds. How can you not have these guys in? And again, I, I know I know if you've listened to KTSU Sports Talk, if you've listened to me on KTSU for the longest, you know that I railed against both of those guys and a few others. I, I mean, I'm like, no, they shouldn't be in. People will get upset with me. So you have a Hall of Fame and you don't have Pete Rose in it, Barry Bonds. You don't have Roger Clemens. You don't have – and again, if you want to talk about their careers – Sammy Sosa, maybe not, but what he and Maguire did saved or revived baseball after the, what, 94 strike, 1994 strike. I think that was 94, where a lot of people weren't coming back to baseball. But those guys, and I was there. I was I was in the Astrodome because we were still, we, the Astros were still playing the Astrodome. I was at those games. And every time a pitch was thrown when Sosa was up to bat, it was just flashbulbs, flashbulbs, flashbulbs. It was unbelievable. The electricity, the anticipation, unbelievable what they did for baseball. Now, of course, they it was a sideshow and they were cheating, but it made for an electrifying year and electrifying stretch going back. It was the best, man. It, if you weren't there, it was awesome. It was really, really good for baseball. Can you acknowledge them in some kind of way? Can you say, okay, this is the era of steroid, the steroid era hallway? You I mean do you want to do that? Because a lot of people made a lot of money off of those guys. And they both, I think, at some point, need to be acknowledged. Should they be should they have a speech? Should they have the parade? Should they have the autograph sessions? Maybe not. But something has to be in place to recognize those people. 
because their impact on the game was just incredible. Give me your thoughts on that, 832-941-6614. With that, let's get into our conversation with our guy from the special teams unit. And if you don't know what the special teams unit is, if this is your first time, I have a collection of folks that I defer to. Experts or, or folks with interesting takes from different sports, from different perspectives. And I've assembled these folks into what I like to call the special teams unit. And with that, former NFL wide receiver, former SWAC standout, Reggie Brown joins us. And let's get his take on a bunch of stuff. Here's Reggie. Back again from the special teams unit, Reggie Brown, former NFL wide receiver, SWAC standout, Alabama State superstar. Glad to have you back. And, I man, I'm so excited about this past weekend. I had to get you on to talk about it. What are your thoughts about what we saw Saturday and Sunday in the divisional round of the NFL playoffs? Man, first of all, glad to be back with the special teams, man, the the feedback has been great about the show, and I'm just excited about that. But I, I got to tell you, man, this was – I've been watching football for over 40 years, man, and this weekend, in my mind, was one of the greatest weekends of football I've ever seen from top to bottom from game to game. Yeah, it, it was incredible, and it really was topped off by the Buffalo-Kansas City game. I want to bounce this off of you because, you, like I said, we know we've been around a long, long, long time. Can you think of a matchup of two young, like, superstar quarterbacks in this round of the playoffs or in the playoffs, period? Because I try to think back, who did did Marino and, and Kelly really kind of go at it at, at one point? I can't think of a great game between those two. I can't think of like great I mean, what both quarterbacks were outstanding, and I'm talking about big name quarterbacks. Do you have anything that's close in comparison? Not close. Marino and Kelly had some battles, but back in those days, Buffalo clearly had the better team. And so as great as Marino played in some of those games, Buffalo was truly the better team. But with those two guys, Allen and Mahomes being at the top of their games, you know, both of the guys under 25 just put on a spectacular show. I could not believe the outstanding performances by both of those offenses in that particular game. What stood out to you the most? What was the most mind-blowing thing that you saw in that game? I'll tell you, for me, it was the speed of Cheetah. I mean, when he caught that in route, you know, you, you immediately think he's going to get a good gain and get tackled. And dude just runs as fast as he needs to run. You know, I, I would imagine, I would love to see the tracking on that. He probably ran a 4-0 in the <laughs> When he caught it, the DB26 had the angle on him, and the DB stopped running. Because he knew it was over. And so I, of all the things that I saw, just the speed of the cheetah was just mind-blowing. Yeah, Tyreek Hill was, I mean, and I, I, Haywood Jeffries and I had this conversation. You know, as, as prolific as he is as a receiver, I almost don't think of him as a pure receiver like you think of other receivers. But he, you just can't deny his impact on the game, whether it's special teams or however they use him. And, I mean, he's just an amazing asset to have for that offense and Patrick Mahomes. Well, I would say that I share a different opinion in terms of a receiver. I mean, 
the guy catches 80, 90 balls a year. And so when you're able to do that, I don't think he's an anomaly in terms of receiver. I mean, he runs routes, he catches the ball. I think that his speed just just puts him in another realm, you know, where you don't look at him as a receiver. You know, now in high school, you know, they they call you an athlete. They don't call you a receiver or a DB or a quarterback. They just sign you as an athlete, and I just think that that's what he is. Yeah, I mean, just amazing. I, I think if you – the guy that I could think of that he relates most to athletically, I mean, I would say Antonio Brown. Obviously, he's much, much faster. But you know what I mean? The, the guy that can kind of just wreak havoc in sort of in the seams and, and underneath and even going deep. So those are the, the – the, that's kind of the comparison. Anybody you can think of to compare him to? Oh, man, that's tough, man. I, I, I don't I don't think so. You know, what makes an athlete an athlete, the, the higher level athletes, is the change of direction. And his change of direction from going to left to right, there is no change in speed. I mean, he makes a cut. He's from zero to 100 right now. Yeah, and then for him to, to to hold up the peace sign on the way to the end zone was something else. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about the future quarterback. This is the thing. You talk about the NFL and quarterbacks. You have Joe Burrow. You have, I mean, I'm talking about just the young guys now. You have Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson. You have uh, Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert. Talk a little bit about this generation of quarterbacks and what, they, what they're doing and what they will be doing for years to come. Well, the, the league has always been about the quarterback. I mean, you go back to the Joe Montana days, you go back to Marino, and you brought up Kelly and Boomer Esiason, and then you go down, you get to Troy Aikman and all that, that group of quarterbacks that came through, and the league is in very, very good shape with the quarterbacks. And what's interesting is they all have different styles of play. You know, Burrow being a drop-back quarterback. Mahomes having, you know, a, a tremendous arm but some escapability. Lamar Jackson being a running guy. And then, you know, you throw in Dak Prescott in there as well, a phenomenal arm. So the league is in really, really good shape. And you always wonder about that, you know, when Aaron Rodgers and Brady and the, that crop of, of, of quarterbacks leave, What's the next crop going to be? And this crop is just as good a group as any group has ever been in the NFL. And just think about this. You're talking about the, the, the old guard at quarterback. We may be looking at a situation, and we don't know yet. A lot of moving parts here. But we may be looking at a situation where you'll have a Hall of Fame class with Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady, and Aaron Rodgers. Now, out of all of those, I think Aaron Rodgers is probably going to continue to play. But – if Brady hangs it up, first of all, talk a, lot, a little bit about the other games. We talked a little bit about Kansas City-Buffalo. What about the Rams, Matt Stafford, and what they were able to do to avoid a, a catastrophic fall to Tampa, Tampa Bay and, and Tom Brady? What about that game? Well, if Brady does decide to retire, you'll see a soldier who went out the right way. I mean, they're up. And you never thought that that game was over. At least in my mind, I didn't. I always expected that at some point, Brady is going to get hot and going to bring him back. And that's exactly what happened. And, you know, unfortunately for Tampa Bay, they fell short. But again, another phenomenal game. You know, it wasn't one of those games where the score was 
27 to 3 at some point or 27 to 10 at some point, and you're thinking, okay, let me go do something and, you know, I'll forget the game. I believe most fans continue to watch and, and, and got a thrilling end to the game. Yeah, and Matt Stafford is trying to really answer all his critics with that performance. A lot of people have been pretty rough on him. I thought he was an upgrade from Jared Goff. I wasn't as critical. A lot of people like, oh, he didn't ever do anything in Detroit. And, and, and then there were others that said, well, he's a great quarterback. He was just stuck in Detroit. I, I kind of was in limbo with my real thoughts about how good he could be. He came up in a major way, and I thought that he might make a mistake down the stretch, but it wasn't him. It was Cam Akers. It was Aaron Snap. It was the yeah, Cam Akers yeah. fumble at the end of the first half that could have put him, put the game further out of reach. Uh, what do you think about Matt Stafford? I fall on the part of it. He was in Detroit. And uh, until Detroit does something, I don't think I've ever, and, you know, again, being 51 years old, I can't ever remember Detroit being good. And so I think that they've always had good players. You talk about Barry Sanders, as great as he was, he was in Detroit. And I think that I, I don't know if I call Stafford great, but I call him very, very good and Fortunately for him and the Rams, he got out of Detroit, and now Stafford has a chance at going to the Super Bowl. He's one win away. He'll be facing a guy, another guy who, no matter almost no matter what he does, he's on his way out. And Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco. What about them going into Lambeau? Aaron Rodgers is just unable to defeat the 49ers in the postseason. Is it time to re-examine all of the hype that we give Aaron Rodgers? You know, that's a tough one, you know, because you look at the stats, you look at the things he's done, the unbelievable throws, and I don't think that you can deny that. I mean, denying Aaron Rodgers as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time would, would be akin to denying Dan Marino, who never won a Super Bowl, as being one of the greatest of all time. And so I think that Aaron Rodgers has been great. I just think that, you know, there's always that hump. Patrick Ewing, Charles Barkley, they played in the league when Jordan played, you know, and that's what it is. Well, he got one, so there's that. But you would have thought having home field advantage last season with Tampa coming in, and and especially now in in your, your opening game of the playoffs, I mean, obviously they had the bye week, but for the division round, your playoff opener, and you just you lay an egg offensively. I mean, the special teams obviously made the play to tie the game, and then the the San Francisco offense did what they did. But where were the points? Well, I thought that they did enough to win. I just think that, and we talked about this in another podcast, San Francisco is a tough nail football team you know they don't have any quit in them they play football the right way and when you play the way that they play you always got a chance yeah well let's see let's get your thoughts on on Tennessee's sort of collapsing so both number one seeds are out and Tannehill obviously had three interceptions I really didn't see that coming I thought he was not going to be the kind of quarterback that would have done that and I, I knew Henry probably wouldn't be 100%, and clearly I don't think he was. Uh, what are your thoughts on Tennessee losing to an upstart team in the Cincinnati Bengals? Well, one, I thought that uh, Cincinnati has a phenomenal offense, and that offense going to keep them in some football games. But when it comes to Tannehill, I really think that there's th- those were the breaks. I mean, you don't expect 
to throw a wide receiver screen and someone comes off the edge and pick it and take it back. You don't expect a, a random curl route, you know, where the DB gets his hand in there, the ball 99 times out of 100 going to fall to the ground. It went up in the air and you get an interception and that's football. Uh, but I think that Cincinnati is going to be a team to be reckoned with for years to come. And uh, maybe they'll be uh, a team to reckon with on Sunday. You have the championship games in the AFC and the NFC. Who do you see coming out victorious in both of those? Man, it's going to be good. I, I, I don't see Kansas City losing. I, I think they just have too much. Um, they're, again, a battle-tested team. They've been in this spot before. They're not going to be scared. They're going to be confident in their ability to win. And so, for me, that's the easier game to pick. The NFC is a little tougher. You know, you got two teams that both play pretty good defense, but you have questions at quarterback with both of them. Which Matt Stafford shows up? Which Jimmy G shows up? I think the difference may be who's better, Odell, Odell, yeah. Odell and Debo. You know, which one of them makes the plays? I think that'll be the defining factor in the game. Both teams will be playing against opponents uh, that beat them already once this season. How does that factor into what may happen on Sunday? Well, it's tough, right? There's the revenge factor from both teams that lost. And then to just beat a team two times, the other team, I think Kansas City is going to make some adjustments. They're aware coach. Andy Reid, I think, is a great coach that's going to, you know, really be prepared for this game. You got McFay, who's a young and upcoming coach. You know, the coaches in these games are really, really good coaches, particularly offensively. So you could really flip a coin in any of these games to, to win. I every now and then wager on the game. I'm not sure if I'm going to throw a wager at even one of these. Well, you know, and you got a divisional aspect of it with, with the 49ers and Rams. And, you know, those things, that's the third time they'll meet this season. So that's all, you know, it's always unpredictable when that happens. I'm going Rams in Kansas City. I, I just, you know, Stafford, if he can do what he's, you know, continues to do and, and uh, you know, can continue to do what he's been doing. And I, I just don't see uh, on the AFC side, I don't see Jamar Chase having another game and dissecting that Kansas City defense like he did uh, last time that they played. However, I mean, you look at what Davis did, uh, Gabriel Davis for the Buffalo Bills did against them, and you know, like, whoa. Last time out, Jamar Chase had 11 receptions, 266 yards, and three touchdowns against this Kansas City defense. And then Gabriel, uh, what, Gabriel had 200 yards and three touchdowns, four touchdowns. So what is going on with that secondary in Kansas City? Well, I think it, it, particularly to this game, you know, Cincinnati has three bona fide receivers. And that puts a lot of pressure on the defense when you have that many guys that you have to account for. In terms of Kansas City, I think oftentimes they just rely on the offense so much and the defense get lacked, you know. But I also think that their game is predicated on the honey badger. 
being where he should be and making plays. And when he's making plays, they're tough defense to beat. When you neutralize him on the defensive side of the ball, it makes him a little bit more vulnerable. And obviously he had the he went in the concussion protocol with the, the head thing. So he was not there when Davis did all his work in the second half of that, that uh, football game. Do you Indeed. see um, Rodgers and Brady and or you see either of those guys retiring? Well, first of all, I think it's amazing that they played this long. You know, both of those guys in my mind are still able to play at very high levels. There's no reason, athletically speaking, for either one of them to be to not play. Now, obviously, the hits over the length of their careers catch up with you and all of those things, and maybe they want to go and spend some of the millions upon millions of dollars they make, <laughs> you know, and, and start enjoying life. But if they, if if, if either one of them retire. They've given everything that they could to the game, and the NFL has been blessed to have both of those guys. I agree. I, it looks like – I feel like because of circumstances, I think both of those guys could walk away. I don't think Aaron Rodgers will. Uh, let's see if they can get him out of Green Bay, and, and that may be his selling point to say, hey, you know, because they, they, they'll have to uh, really do some – wonderful things with the salary cap to make it work and bring Devontae Adams back. So he may do Green Bay one last favor and allow him to be himself to be traded for a bunch of draft picks so they can start to rebuild and he can probably end his career somewhere where he has a chance to win a ring. The other well, I, go ahead. Just just to piggyback on that, I I don't know why a team would trade that much draft capital for a guy who's gonna play one at most two years you know the talent yes can still do it but you know you're mortgaging the franchise if you trade for him for one year what if you're close what if you are what if it's a Kawhi Leonard thing what if this is a Kawhi well we 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 know that we're gonna you know sort of sacrifice our future but we think with this guy he can get us a ring could it be a Kawhi Leonard thing in the NFL well, I think that the Miami Dolphins is a team that probably thinks that way. You know, they got a very solid defense. They got Jalen Waddle. You know, you get a couple of more pieces, and all of a sudden, you got a Super Bowl potential team. But again, the risk versus the reward. And then again, as talented as he's been, as talented of teams that he's been on, he still only has one Super Bowl. So him coming does not guarantee that. Right, right. Just an interesting thing, uh, a sort of development. I mean, the NFL now is a year-round league is for for the fan base. I mean, obviously, those who are employed in the NFL know it's year-round, but, you know, with the draft and free agency and what's Brady going to do, what's Rodgers going to do, what's Sean Payton going to do? Obviously, he steps down. What are your thoughts on Sean Payton? Is, this just, uh, is he just the next Dallas Cowboy coach in waiting? That seems to be the case. I don't see him at this point of his career going to an upstart team trying to build something. I think he's beyond building, and I think at this point in his career, it's about championships. And so Jerry Jones has been known to make these type of decisions, and I think that there may have been some back-channel talking. Like, <laughs> come on over here. 
we got you. So if he's going to stay in the league, I think it's going to be for someone like Dallas. Now, again, and you know this being around this, man, coaching, like you just said, is a year-round deal. Those guys are at work from 5 to 9, and meaning 9 p.m. every day. And he may just want to take a year off and then assess himself and then come back and see what's available after that. Yeah, and his situation is a little bit complicated because to have rights to him, uh, he's uh, under contract with the Saints until 2024. So you would have to almost offer some uh, compensation if you want to make that happen and uh, allow the Saints to relinquish their rights to him so he can coach again in the NFL. I want to shift gears as we close this uh, conversation out. Uh, Major League Baseball, Hall of Fame. Bonds does not get in. Sosa does not get in. Roger Clemens does not get in. David Ortiz, Big Poppy, he got in. What are your thoughts on uh, them closing the door, for the most part, on the steroid era and Hall of Famers? What are your thoughts on that? Well, it, it's it's difficult for me to understand how steroids helps you hit a baseball, right? But clearly it does. The sad part about both those guys is prior to the steroid era, they were Hall of Famers. And it just, for their sake, sucks that they took that route and deprived the Hall of Fame and tarnished their names. I personally don't think that they should get in based on the fact that you use performance-enhancing drugs. And that's exactly what it is. In some shape or form or fashion, it enhances your performance and it makes a level playing field unlevel. And so for that reason, I don't think they should get in. Now, saying that you've had guys who may not have admitted it, but almost is known that they took it, that's in. So it really makes all of this just convoluted. Yeah, that's the word for it, convoluted. And I wonder at this point, should the, uh, the Baseball Hall of Fame just have a wing for guys like Pete Rose and Bonds? And Clint? I, mean, you know I mean, like, go down the dark hall of the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> Dimly yeah. lit, poorly lit, you know what I mean? You have to walk on gravel and not, you know, a paved interior. I don't know. But, yeah, it's, yeah, it's interesting. Each of them have a case with Pete Rose as far as they know he never bet on his team so he likes to gamble should that preclude him from the Hall of Fame I don't think so but that's the rule you know what I I think they know he bet on his team he's never admitted betting on his team (laughs) so you're gonna bet on somebody bet on yourself huh well see here's the here's the deal this is what I always tell people about this and I get your take on this one so it's not that you bet against your team, but say if you're Pete Rose and you call a bookie on Tuesday and say, hey, I'm betting $5,000 on, on us to win tonight. And then Wednesday you call and say, look, I'm going to put $200 on us to win tonight. <laughs> so, you know, Now the bookie's like, wait a minute, that can change you know, a lot of things, knowing that, that Pete is not confident in, in his team tonight. The lack of shift. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> been, you know, Pete only bet 200 tonight. He, he was 5,000 last night. So, yeah. 
wait, wait, wait. We need to reprint that newspaper. That six runs probably too much. <laughs> yeah, the over under changes. Hey man, yeah. well, I certainly appreciate the time as always, man. And I cannot wait for this weekend. Obviously, I don't think it can top what we saw last weekend, but it should, uh, it should be a great weekend of uh, football. What do you think? Yeah, I, I just think that after last week, anything that happens this week will probably can be considered a letdown, you know, with those games that we saw. But, again, it's NFL playoff football, and anything can happen, and I'm really, really excited about seeing what's going to happen on Sunday. Well, we'll talk to you soon and uh, get your take on things as we head towards the Super Bowl. Hey, buddy, love you. Love the special teams. You take care. Have a good week. To have your comments heard, call 832-941-6614. Always appreciate uh, Reggie. Give us your thoughts on that. And uh, 832-941-6614. Would love to hear your feedback on that conversation. Going to take a brief time out. Come back with my word. And before I let go, this is Sports Talk with Devin Wade Podcast. Anyway, you get your podcast. Your children are the most precious gift God has given you. Their well-being is of the utmost importance, and finding childcare that exhibits the same belief is, well, non-negotiable. So why not end your search at Brighter Brains Learning Center? Located in Stafford, Texas, Brighter Brains is a licensed, family-owned and operated daycare that promotes an early educational foundation and provides an environment of love, safety, and quality care for children ages six weeks to five years old. For more information, call 346-328-3717 or visit brighterbrainslearningcenter.org. For past episodes or more content, go to wadeswordproductions.com. Welcome back. I want to give a shout-out to all the folks who listen on Saturday mornings to KTSU Sports Talk with yours truly, the Radio Hall of Famer Ralph Cooper and the Silver Fox Kevin Allen. We should have a great show coming up for you Saturday. Chili Bill's supposed to sing. He lost in pigskin pick'em to Ralph Cooper. And the bet was the loser has to sing the winner's high school song, the school song from their high school. And if you don't know, if you're listening around the country and around the world, I mean, intense rivalry around the neighborhood, high schools, and just the, of course, maybe you've heard of Yates High School because George Floyd went there and a lot of renowned alumni are from that school. And maybe you've heard of Worthing High School. Bunch of bunch of Hall of Famers from both of those high schools in multiple sports. So, yeah, it's a, an intense rivalry. So that should happen Saturday. Speaking of folks listening around the country, want to send shouts out to Columbus, Ohio, to Austin, Texas, and Des Moines, Iowa. Those are just the three places I picked out to send shouts out to. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening and continue to share, like, uh, water cooler talk. If you have comments, we certainly appreciate it. And, uh, hey, can't beat that. With that, it's time for the Lamont Award. I don't want to wish you no bad luck. 
But I hope your ship sinks. With no lifeboats and no life preserver and a school of piranhas surrounding you. You big dummy. The Lamont World goes to the player, team, entity, someone in or around the world of sports we deem to be the big dummy of the episode. And it's a fun segment, so there's no, no real bite to it most of the time. And there's not a lot of real bite to this one, although there was some competition for this one. The winner is... A guy whose team, former team, was eliminated and probably really, really missed him. I'm talking about Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown, by now, of course, you know, he he walked away. He, well, no, he didn't walk away. He jumping jacked away. <laughs> he jumping jacked away from his team, took his uniform off, his shirt off, in MetLife Stadium, and walked away from the game. I mean, he wants to play again, obviously, but he doesn't help himself. And one thing about Antonio Brown, like a lot of folks, his Achilles heel is social media. So Sunday, after the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were eliminated in a classic game, in a game that will be remembered, if this is the last time we'll see Tom Brady, it'll be remembered as Tom Brady's last game or maybe Matthew Stafford's coming out party or a part of a historic weekend in the NFL. It'll be known for all of that. But after they were eliminated, Antonio Brown retweeted a photo that photoshopped a sign that it appeared he was holding. He wasn't, it was probably in the middle of one of his jumping jacks and his, his hands were above his head. And there was a poster board photoshopped in there. And, and the sign read, Bucks eliminated. To which I tweeted, like, weren't you eliminated a few weeks ago? And I mean, not just from the team, but from the NFL. Now, you quit on your team. You basically walked away from your team. Your teammates really wanted you to be there and you weren't there when they needed you and you weren't there Sunday. And you're taking glee in the fact that, hey, first of all, they did win a game without you. And this was a barn burner of a game and it had the loss had more to do with the offensive line than not having you, although they certainly did miss you. But in taking joy in your teammates, your guys you went to war with every Sunday then you take and join them losing and getting eliminated, that makes you a big dummy. You big dummy. <laughs> it's one thing to take a shot at the organization, but these were your guys. These were the guys that you worked hard with. Brady let you live in his house. Brady gave you, it really vouched for you and gave you a second, third, fourth, whatever number chance that was to be on this team. And you're relishing and making fun of the fact that they lost. I mean, it's just stupid because you're not even a part of any of that. And it just is classless to take shots at your former teammates. He also said, oh, I don't have any mental health problems. I, I told you all along, I didn't think this was a mental, acute mental health episode. I just think that that's Antonio being Antonio. So with that, before I let go. Before I let go. Before I let go, hey, want to thank you guys for tuning in. Want to thank our sponsors, Covank Homes, Brighter Brains. Want to thank our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy. Of course, want to thank our guy, Reggie Brown, from the special teams unit. And again, want to remind you guys 
to give us a call, 832-941-6614. Go to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group page. A lot of questions. I posted a bunch of poll questions I want you guys to get in on. And, of course, on Twitter at Wade's Word. You can also email me, Devin at Wade'sWordProductions.com. And if you can't remember any of those things, please remember these four things. Number one, I don't do no favors after 6 o'clock in the evening. Two, I ain't got no money. Three, I'm not harboring any fugitives from justice. And four, bye. This has been the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Remember, you can follow him on Twitter at Wade's Word. Thank you for listening.